I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. We are at the National Equine Forum today in London. It's very exciting. Some expert speakers are all getting together and uh, talking about how we can improve the equestrian industry. So I'd like to welcome Tim Parkin. He's the head of division of equine clinical sciences and he's clinical director of the Wiper Centre Equine Hospital. And he is speaking very shortly. How are you, Tim? Very good. Thanks. Yeah, very good. So what is it that you're going to be talking about today? Well, today we're talking, I'm specifically talking about an initiative that we started about uh, almost two years ago now, actually, which is we've named it the Thoroughbred Health Network. Um, It's an idea that we came up with probably four or five years ago and we've been looking for funding to do so but essentially what we do we take all the academic information there is out there that is currently inaccessible to stakeholders whoever they may be in the industry and turn it into usable bite-sized chunks of information that they can then use uh, to improve the health and welfare of their horse the reason we started, um, we called it the Thoroughbred Health Network, was because originally it started as a purely racehorse-oriented initiative, mm-hmm. largely due to the funding we had. But now we're, I'm here today talking about um, launching the initiative nationally and broadening the scope into all equestrian activities. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. So you, you, I guess you'll register any breed, any age, in any discipline. Well, what, what what we do essentially, we've got a website, uh, Thoroughbred Health Network. You can Google that. Uh, we've got a Twitter handle and we've got a Facebook page. And we invite anyone interested in equine health or welfare to become a member of the network. It's free of charge, obviously. If you become a member, then you uh, essentially can drive what we talk about on the network. And anyone has access to the website, and so they can go onto the website and have a look at the topics that we put up there, have a look at the information we've put up there in terms of equine health. We've got uh, stuff on um, EIPH. We've got stuff on gastric ulceration, et cetera, et cetera. That Sorry, sort of stuff. What's, Tim, what's EIPH? Sorry, equine-induced pulmonary hemorrhage. So it's oh, wow. a common condition in the thoroughbred. Um there's, a, there's three different sections on EIPH that we've got up there on the website that talk about treatment, prevention, etc. Um, and we've also got videos on there of the workshop that we held at Muscle Racecourse back in the uh, late summer 2016. So there's more detailed information on there for those who want it. Um, essentially, it's open to anyone to become a member. As I said, it's free of charge. The, the value of becoming a member is that then we can canvas you as to what you want to hear about. So... We've done that and we've got a priority list of topics that we're going to address. Uh, And we've got a a research assistant, Laura Friend, who's here with us today, who um, essentially then searches the academic literature on that topic and 
condenses it into uh, evidence-based best practice advice for the equestrian horse owner, the the racehorse vet, the racehorse trainer, whoever it may be. Can you say some of those subjects that you're going to be looking into? Uh, well, lots of things. So we've already, as I said, we've already looked at uh, equine-induced pulmonary hemorrhages. We looked at uh, information with respect to fractures. We're looking at information with respect to tendon injuries. We're looking specifically for the racehorse. We've looked at the evidence relating to the relationship between the racing or training surface and injury. We've got a whole raft of stuff that is. Uh, we've got a list of about twenty or thirty different topics that we're slowly going through. That it's going to we're going to get up onto the website over the next two or three years to essentially give the equestrian stakeholder as much information as possible. We just recognize that, the, for example, with respect to the EIPH topic, Laura searched through 208 academic papers and collated all that information into one single document. Um, and that's the size and the scope of the uh, thing we're sort of embarking upon. But it does tell you how much information there is out there that mm. I can guarantee most equestrian owners racehorse vets whoever they may be really will not have any access to they won't have read those academic papers there are lots of academics who produce that work and actually it goes into publication and then doesn't reach the end user no i know and that's because a a lot of it maybe is because we don't understand it tim i'll be honest we need it in layman's terms you know really simple easy to understand can you do that that? that, (laughs) that's that's exactly what we're doing so the the way the website is structured and and i would advise anyone to go on there it's like in a, a kind of an accordion so we have bullet point take-home messages six or seven bullet point take-home messages for each topic we look at if you click on those and they they are color-coded so they're green amber or red green would suggest that we have very good strong evidence for the message we're putting forward amber means that there's sort of mediocre evidence there's some evidence evidence for it red means actually we really need to know more about that and there isn't the evidence in the academic literature to tell us anything about that but then you can click on those bullet points and then it it broadens out so you then get a little bit more detail so those who are really interested in it can look into the more detail but essentially the bullet points are there just six or seven top tips for each of the uh, particular issues that we're talking about so if you if you're focusing on horse racing at the, uh, to start with and the racing industry and thoroughbreds that will have a direct impact on the eventing industry of course i mean we recognize it so we've initially focused on the thoroughbred and initially focused on the north of england and scotland due to funding um, issues so we have we were funded by the scottish spca we need to spend Scottish SPCA money in Scotland. We are funded 50% by the Racing Foundation, so essentially that money has to be spent on on the thoroughbred. But we do recognise that um, a lot of the issues that thoroughbreds get are equally equivalent in other equestrian activities. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's perfectly reasonable to un- to expect that actually any equestrian uh, activity, horse owner or whoever it may be, would, would find some value in the thoroughbred health network. Um, what we're specifically talking about today is the fact that we're launching the Thoroughbred Health Network as a national uh, wider resource. And we're in the process at the moment. We've got one more year of funding from the Racing Foundation and the Scottish uh, um, Society for Production of, uh, Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, the SSPCA. Um, so we've got one more year th- we're funding from them, but we're looking at uh, essentially setting up the Thoroughbred Health Network as an independent charitable trust in itself, such that then it can then be sustainable and continue to um, apply for money from many different uh, industry bodies or char- other charitable organizations to uh, enable this initiative to continue as a national initiative um, and into the future. Um, and indeed, as an international initiative, I do a regional round of work in the States and there's 
our second biggest user group are those from the states because i talk about it all the time i go to america uh and that's mostly with respect to racing but um uh, we have a lot of uh, followers in this in the states as well as the uk it's a huge task you're taking on tim it is it is an enormous task yeah. um, and i've got to say the vast majority of that work falls to laura friend who is here as i said today who's the ra employed on the project um she does a, a fantastic job of collating all that information and, and making it uh, putting it into accessible terminology for us and then they all come back to uh john Keane, richard ridden and myself who kind of lead the project john and richard are at edinburgh university um to sort of uh sense check it if you like and then it goes up on the website but laura is the person who really um it gets the credit for the amount of work Bless that goes into her. it. Yeah, 260 documents, you said. I mean, that that, that takes that takes years to put through, but all, all that's just the documentation that you know about. Well, that, it, that, that's what's in the academic press that she can access, yeah. So, yeah. And in reality, if you get that much information, then you've probably covered everything that you need to know about that particular condition. Um, and what we're very keen on is that all the information we put up there is evidence-based. So we're not looking at anecdote. Each study that she looks at is assessed for its rigor and its evidence base, such that we are convinced that what we put up there um, is good, strong evidence. Certainly those, those that are color-coded green are good, strong evidence. So we can be pretty sure that actually if we put up some advice on there, then it's going to do good and it's not going to do harm. Mm. Do you think this will at some point be connected to the passport network that, we're talking, that, that they're talking about building? Uh, I would I would hesitate to say yes. I, I think our membership is we're up to about 800 individuals at the moment. But we've literally just been restricted to North of England and Scotland and just racehorse related people at the moment. So um, I think it's probably um, would be difficult to suggest there might be a link. I think it's we're early stages yet with respect to what's going to be happening with the central equine database and passports. And I wouldn't like to jump the gun, <laughs> jump, jump the gun as yet. But isn't it great that the industry is coming together and everybody's working together so much more and you've got your different sections that are, are all have these incredible ideas like the Thoroughbred Health Network and they're saying actually if we all work together then we can look after the welfare of the horses and the future of, of the equestrian industry and the buying and selling and importing and exporting we can we can really protect our industry so much more. I think it's really critical. I think, you know, I've been in this game for 20 years now or something, and I'm an epidemiologist, so I look at numbers, I look at data all the time, and I get funded to do different projects. And so the first 10 years, I did a lot of that, and I had a lot of fun playing around with data. It may not seem like fun to most people, but actually <laughs> playing around with data and actually just producing a result, producing another academic paper, and then on to the next project. In the last 10 years, I've become much more aware that actually – it's public money often that we're using and actually we have to uh, have an impact on the ground. It's really critical that all the work we do actually sees the light of day for the industry stakeholder. And I think many, many more academics are realizing that and understanding that it's a really important part of the work they do. Do you have any idea what some of the questions are going to be today? Have you thought about what people might ask you? No, I like to, um, <laughs> I like to wing it. <laughs> I haven't I, I haven't thought about the questions. I, I will welcome any question as long as it's not about Brexit, maybe. <laughs> well, Brexit is already covered, so you don't I know, need to exactly. worry. I know, exactly. So I'm not going to be there doing that. <laughs> when did you first start the Thoroughbred Health Network? Uh, we started uh, almost exactly two years ago, actually. So there was an initial sort of... Um, 
sort of period where we thought about what questions we needed to do, developing the website. So the website's been live for about uh, 18 months now. I think we've got about six different topics up there at the moment. Um, and we've held one workshop. And we're now, with a year to go with the current funding, we're now sort of in the process of turning it into its own charitable trust in its own, in, in its own right. Amazing. So we just log on then. What is the, what is the website address? It's simply Thoroughbred Health Network. Perfect. So we log on to that. So you, yeah, Google that and it'll come straight up. And you can log on. And as soon as you log on, there'll be a pop-up page that invites you to subscribe. Uh, if you're already a member, then you just close that page. If you're not, then you can subscribe. Essentially, that subscription is useful for us because it tells us where members are, what their role in the industry is. And when new topics get put up, then all members get uh, emailed. Uh, that a new topic has gone up so everyone gets invited to go and look at the website and review the new topic equally you can follow us on twitter thoroughbred health network again uh, or thoroughbred hn i think it is uh, on twitter that tends to be a pretty active twitter handle um laura is very good at keeping that going and again so when a new topic goes up simply just follow us on twitter and we will get alerted to the fact that a new topic has gone up or if there's any other news related to the equestrian industry or racing whatever it may be then uh, i do a lot of work with the fei uh, on endurance horses and that sort of thing so we're including all the news that we do on uh, fei endurance horses on there as well Amazing. It won't be long then before you do have something from each breed, because I think that's vital as well. We can't just think about one particular breed because different breeds suffer with different injuries and, and, you know, they need different food and and the disciplines as well affect their muscle. I don't know why I'm telling you this. You're a vet, you know. I I think you hit on a very good point. And it's exactly why, you know, you're doing a very good job for us. You're you're encouraging different industry stakeholder groups to become part of the membership. If we get a whole ton of people from eventing or a whole ton of people from show jumping uh, onto the website, onto the Thoroughbred Health Network, becoming members and telling us they want to hear about X, Y or Z, then we will be forced to address those particular issues. We want to be driven by the membership and we will reprioritize what people want to hear about based on what we hear through the uh, website. Well, Tim, I want to hear about everything. I'm fascinated with it. I, I'd love the health of the horses, the welfare of the horses, and, and I'm like a little sponge, so the more information I can get, the better. The issue that I've always had previously, like I said, is understanding those papers. And, you know, I'm not a vet. I don't know. I'm a very new horse owner. So, so, so think of Laura needs to think of me as the most basic equestrian ever and say right I need Amy to understand it if she can understand it anybody can <laughs> well I invite you to have a look at the website and if there's nothing you can if there's something you can't understand on there then uh, drop us a line and we will uh, and it, it, that, that is one of the good things about the website you know we're constantly looking for feedback we're constantly looking to see how we can improve it and and we do respond to people when they sort of uh, suggest we've got something wrong or ingest or suggest we've got something right Well, I think it's a brilliant thing you're doing. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to hearing you speak. We will be live tweeting what you're talking about and uh, and we'll throw in some of the questions that uh, that people have asked and find out what your off-the-cuff answers are. I think that'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that'd be fine. Thanks so much, Tim. No problem. Thanks so much for listening. I'm at the National Equine Forum all day today and I'll be bringing you interviews with guest speakers, with some of the experts. We'll be live tweeting the conversations that are taking place and photos too. So you can get involved in what's happening at the NEF. Tweet us your questions. What do you think about some of the subjects that are being talked about? Just use hashtag horse hour, hashtag NEF17. The experts here are talking in detail about how we can make changes to the industry. How 
can we improve our equestrian industry? And you're part of that as well. So do tweet us your opinions and your questions. I will speak to you very soon. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.